Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. I wasn't supposed to be here this week, but I am recovering enough and combination of Frenchie having no power this morning for the IndyCar special guest. So it is Wednesday night, a little late. We're going to record this and it's going to go right into the published episode files. So thank you again to our friends at Java House for their continued support. And for your continued support for ordering Java House, I know there was an online order like yesterday. There's six loca- five, six locations in downtown Indy. I was actually just at a happy hour, literally across the street from their downtown location. If you're not in Indy, go to javahouse.com and use promo code PITLANE10 for 10% off your order. So, Frenchie, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, but more importantly, how, how are you recovering from uh, the replacement heart that you had to get put in? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a a tiring couple of days, but obviously I'm in one piece and you can kind of see like where they went in through my neck to put in the new heart. And yeah, it's very weird. So yes, I had a procedure done on Monday and they go in through your neck and they gave me like the, I don't know what it was, but it's like sort of this, the stuff you get when you get like a colonoscopy. So you're not like it's not anesthesia, but you're you're not really there. Oh, I thought you meant the laxative. <laughs> no, no, not that. Thank God that, that it was not that type of procedure. God, and, I was like, why do they need to do that for this one? <laughs> and so they gave you like one dose, and then like the doctor walks in and he starts like prepping everything and and whatnot, and then you, they give you a second one like right before they start. And so like I I was in and out of being awake like i was never i might have slept for 10 minutes at one point in the 45 minute procedure but i also didn't know what was going on to the point where i i like, couldn't move my hands because they were like you know they they had like used that like cleaning solution on my neck they're like if you have an itch like tell us don't touch it blah 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 i'm like okay cool so my nose itched and i was like hey can you itch my nose also when are they starting and she was like yeah you're halfway done already so, I mean, it was fine. You know, thankfully, Sam's mom took me since uh, Sam wasn't able to get out of work early. But, uh, yeah, between her mom taking me and, you know, Sam coming over and, and taking care of me Monday night, it was it was fine. I'm I'm in one piece, just a little, like, it feels like a hockey puck hit me in the neck right now. Like, it's like a little sore, but not, yesterday was much worse. Hey, this must be the fastest recovery from a heart transplant I've ever heard of. I'm superhuman, man. Would they give you, like, uh, the heart of a gorilla or something or some kind of special animal? Yeah, yeah. A gorilla. Yep, you nailed like it. A, or like That's a cobra I told you. or something, something super tough and <laughs> like, really intense and dangerous. Yep, yep. So we have a little bit of IndyCar news to get to, and we might call it quits there at that point for the week since... We got to keep some content for next week when there's probably not going to be too much IndyCar news. So, Frenchie, I'll, I'll let you take it away because you've got you've got it written down. Sure. So let's just start with Marcus Armstrong. We knew he was going to be in IndyCar in some form or fashion, but I guess we didn't really call or predict that it was going to be Ganassi until the last minute, right? Yeah, we thought it was going to be somewhere else. I thought it was going to be somewhere else. And I was at lunch with somebody the day before where I had learned that it wasn't going to be 
uh, Dale Coyne, which I, you know, I guess at this point we can say it wasn't going to be Dale Coyne. Yeah. But we still didn't, neither of us thought it was, it was going to be Ganassi. So I definitely caught me a little off guard. Maybe Chip is going through extra special precautions at this point just after what happened last season. Just just to stay safe, to make sure nobody poaches his drivers. Yeah, I could see that. But what do we think? Uh, we got another Kiwi in IndyCar. I honestly, I mean, I, I watched him a little bit in Formula 2, yeah. but... Don't know a ton about him. However, we've seen somebody in Christian Lundgaard who, I mean, was a winner in Formula 2, but wasn't like, you know, in the top three in the championship or anything. And he came over and really impressed in IndyCar. And I would say that, I mean, I I would put at least based on his performance in F2, Marcus Armstrong's got to be around the same level and he's going to be an even better equipment in a Ganassi car. So, yep. We can expect big things on these road and street course tracks. And I I don't know if you have any idea who's going to be in the car for the ovals. No. You know what? What's a bummer? Not a bummer. I wish it was TK. But at this point, you know, with him doing the at least the 500 with McLaren, we can we can count that out. But TK back in the 11 car for the ovals would have been pretty cool. Even if the 11 car back then was you know, Andretti, but still, it would have been cool. No, agreed, especially because, I mean, what, he finished third for them in the 500 last year for Ganassi? Was it yeah. third or fourth or something? Like, it was, he was up top there. Top five. Yeah, it was top five. It was at least a top five. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I definitely thought that's where he was going to end up, but we'll yeah. have to see who ends up in that car for those just a couple of races. I'm, I'm excited to interview him and kind of get to know him a little bit because I don't... Yeah. You watch more F2 than I do. I, I can't usually bring myself to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and then I forget about the replays. Yeah, I mean, he... he I th- How many races did he win? I'm going to look that up while we talk about this, but I am was just going to say that I think it's going to be somebody who is obviously an oval specialist, and I, I don't mean Ed Carpenter, even though he calls himself oh. that. Um, oh. That's going to come back for the the oval courses for Ganassi. I don't know who that would be, but it's somebody who's got experience. I don't think they're going to just bring somebody else in. That wouldn't make sense, right? I mean, it's very specific discipline. Yes, correct. All right, so let's see. Marcus Armstrong is... Oh, his middle name is Cornelius, just for those who are interested. Um, He was a member of the Ferrari Driver Academy. We did know that, but he won how many races in f2 because i think lungard won like three races i want to say oh sure looks totally it's like our yep. our boy marcus armstrong won four races over Ooh. his three so he's seasons. immediately going to be better yeah he did three seasons in f2 his finish every single season was 13th in the championship all three <laughs> years and I mean, hey, he was on the podium a number of times, and he he won three races uh, this past season in twenty twenty two. So it's interesting that somebody who finished like thirteenth in the championship won three races. But I guess that just shows you it's pretty close in F two, much closer than in F one. Yeah, for sure. What's next? Next in the news, we have another 
European transplant that we did we just missed this. Jamie Chadwick is oh wow yeah announced over here in Indie Next, and I I'm saying that right, thankfully, and I think she's got DHL sponsorship in the she does she's driving for Andretti, which mm-hmm. I think is really cool. I'm interested to see how she does. Yeah, uh, I did some digging. Apparently, her second test, which was down in Sebring, went very well. She was on pace with with everybody pretty much and you know so i'm i'm very interested to see how she does at some point soon we should have an interview with her i'm i'm i am in talks to get it scheduled so that'll be cool and yeah dh getting you know a a prime sponsor like dhl to kind of jump down into indie lights is super cool i'm still calling it indie lights by the way i'm not i'm not Uh, changing that one and so yeah i'm 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 really excited to see how she does next year she seems from the press conference at least and and the little i know seems like uh you know she's got a good head on her shoulders yeah and i i mean this seems like the right move for her to make obviously w series went away and f2 and f3 are probably extremely expensive so why not go to probably the most competitive series besides i don't know super formula an open wheel series that you can get into yep. and, and it's definitely indie lights right or indycar so hopefully she eventually makes it up to indycar uh, yeah i hope she does well this season because i think that will validate her w series wins even if she gets you know a sure. win or a few podiums sure. or something in indy next it'll show that that talent transfers yeah that's a really good point okay so we got a lot of imsa crossover stuff to get to because apparently I guess all, I mean, IndyCar drivers obviously overlap a lot with IMSA, but we're seeing a pretty large proportion of the field that's going to be taking part in IMSA next season, at least in the endurance races. But the first thing I want to get to kind of off the back of that Jamie Chadwick announcement, just related by the DHL sponsorship is Roman Grosjean has some deal with Lamborghini now. Yeah. What does this mean? Or what does this say for his future in IndyCar? He mentioned something about LMDH, and that was a strange announcement. What, did it sound weird to you at all? Yeah. I, so here's here's my uneducated guess. I have put zero thought into this because I have, didn't look at your notes previously. I don't even know if he sent them to me. You might have. You might not have. Uh, that being said, so he's going to do, what, some GTD or GTD Pro this year? Yeah. And... So, you know, then he's like, yeah, you know, GTP or LMDH next year, you know, depending on which acronym you use. If if he ends up in WEC next year, which I, I think is what the announcement said or what he said on socials, I don't know. You know, there's there's not a ton of conflicts because WEC is pretty spread out throughout the year, but it's hard to imagine there's no conflicts, which if I'm going beyond that, his contract at Andretti is up after this coming after the 2023 season. So, listen, it's a stretch. You know, we're, it's way too early to make that determination. But would it shock me if he wasn't back in IndyCar or he was more limited next year? Probably not with Andretti. Uh, but yeah, it wouldn't shock me. I'm kind of with you. I think maybe he expected it to go a little bit better right off the bat. And not that he's been bad by any means, but I don't think he's had the instant success that he expected. And so maybe he wants to just go off and try something new. 
And I know he did this yeah. whole move to the U.S. with his kids and everything, and he seems to be liking the U.S., but we'll see. I think all that's been really announced is that he's racing at Le Mans in 2024 in their hypercar entry run by some team called Iron Lynx. Uh, there's there's way too many teams. Uh, it, sports yeah. cars make my head hurt. But so he'll be uh, at the Daytona 24 in... Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. A GT3 Lamborghini car, which I guess that's the Huracan GT3 still. Yeah. And then he'll be developing the new LMDH car which is going to be in WEC and IMSA in 2024. All right. We, we shall see. Next up on our list, we also got news that Joseph Newgarden and Scott McLaughlin, the bus bros, are going to make their IMSA debuts together at the Daytona 24 in the Tower Motorsports LMP2 car, along with teammate Kiffin Simpson from the HMD Motorsports Indy Lights team, and he's also got an affiliation with Chip Ganassi. And then John Ferrano, who I believe is the, like, AM driver, technically, right? Right, right, right. In the LMP2, but he won the championship in LMP2 last season. So that's a pretty competitive lineup for them. And, I mean, we saw IndyCar guys sweep the LMP2 class last year. So I think we're going to see that again, maybe? Yeah, probably. I think these two guys yeah. are going to be monsters in a sports car. It wouldn't shock me. I, I Listen, it's hard to... Anything could happen in a 24-hour race. Yes. So they could be monsters and come home with a 100th place finish. So, you know, but I see your point. And I hate... I sounded super Debbie Downer there. I'm sure they will do just fine. 
No, but I, I think we're going to be impressed. Even if like, they don't get the result, that doesn't necessarily matter. I think Rossi was amazing in his time in the DPI class. I mean, Elio's been good. Pagano's been good. I guess Pagano had sports car experience, and so did yeah. Elio. But McLaughlin was able to jump from supercars to IndyCar and immediately pretty much find success. So I'm not going to be surprised if they do well. Right. I agree. Renus is also back in LMP2. He is going to be driving for the TDS racing team in the number 11 car in LMP2 at the Daytona 24. He drove for them last year as well. Um, It was a TDS racing run car, but that was sponsored by, I guess, Racing Team Nederland. But I think Racing Team Nederland or Nederland, however you appropriately say it, Something happened with them, like a scandal it, with their. Did, didn't their CEO get like arrested or indicted for like fraud or something like that? Yeah, I don't remember exactly what the charge was, but something went yeah. down with him. So, I don't think that will be on the car anymore. No, I I don't think so. Was he the same guy who? I thought it was the same guy who basically was the CEO or one of the main owners of Jumbo which was that supermarket chain that was a sponsor of, like, Nick DeVries, right. Renus, like, all these kind of... I don't know that drivers. one. Okay. Yeah, that, that yeah. part I don't know. I don't remember either. But he's there. I guess so... We've got a lot of IMSA guys, and we're going to probably see more. Colton's obviously, I think, going to be driving in the BMW, right? Yeah, he's, he's at the test this week down there. Yeah, and then we've still got Simon, Elio. Who else? Scott Dixon. Yep. Um, I don't know if there's anybody else off the top of my head. I'm sure we're forgetting somebody. Did you say Devlin? Because Devlin will probably do the LMP2 again, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. with um, Who did he do it with last year again? With Pato? Yeah, Pato and I don't remember who the non-IndyCar driver was or drivers were. That was for Zach Brown's team, right? United? Yeah, United All Sports. I don't remember. I, I, I was there, and I don't remember. Well, being up for 24 hours, we'll do that too, Guy. Correct. All right, let's get to these two last little items. We found out now who the sponsor is going to be on the number 10 car, and it's the American Legion. They're going to be the primary sponsor for Polo all season long, but we're going to see them also on Marcus Erickson's car, and then I guess in some way on Kiffin Simpson's car in Indy Next, Indy Lights. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, again, really cool to see these sponsors branching out, especially on a non-Andretti car who you know seems to understand the value of the road to Indy more than any other IndyCar team. So it's cool to, to see it, it branch out, and I, I hope Kiffin can have a, a good year to, to get that sponsor up front and get them the recognition and in, in Indy Lights, and maybe then you'll see more sponsors do things like that. Yeah, I think it's cool to see American Legion just continue their association, right? I mean, they've been with Ganassi for a bit now. They were connected, what, to Jimmy Johnson for a while and Tony Kanaan, and now they're just continuing on the 10 car. So yeah. I, I like to see that when, obviously, we're, we were sort of concerned that there might be an issue, but not with, really with Ganassi, but when NTT Data jumped over to... Uh, era mclaren right last little thing that i saved the most controversial for last obviously is that we found out 
and probably I would say a little bit unsurprisingly, maybe just based on kind of the state of the world right now, that IndyCar has had to ditch their plans for the new 2.4 liter engine formula. And instead, they're going to stick with that 2.2 format that they have right now and just add on the hybrid component to the existing engine. And I've seen people are all up in arms about this. They say it's like, oh, this is the nail in the coffin for Roger Penske. They're like really being dramatic about this stuff. And I mean, in all the articles that I've read and everything that I've heard, this is out of Roger Penske's control, right? This is, I've done my best to get a third engine manufacturer. Nobody seems to be biting. They're all jumping over to, to LMDH or Hypercar, right? Yeah. Except maybe like Hyundai, who I don't even know what they're doing. Uh, there's rumors that they're going to be an F1 because Cyril Abitable just joined right. them, which is like, okay, that's a, that's a Did stretch. Did he really? Yeah. He's like their, one of their new guys. They just keep poaching people from other companies. Like, I think Hyundai yeah. or Kia's designer is like from the BMW M division or I, yeah, I don't know, yeah, something yeah. like that, whatever. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't think this is really as big of a deal as everyone's making it out to be. I mean, I understand that it's disappointing to have an announcement and get excited for an engine update, but will it make that much of a difference in the racing? Probably not. And I think the hybrid component is really all that's important for manufacturer relevance at this point. So Chevy and Honda seem to be satisfied that they're going to be able to add this hybrid component to the existing engine formula because they'll save money that way. Yeah. I don't really know where to start on this one. I think, you know, it's a little disappointing because we want a little more horsepower in those engines to spice it up a little bit. There's been some trouble kind of getting things off the ground on that front. So I I get it. Is the world going to end no is imsa going to overtake indycar no it's you know is imsa or sports car racing exciting sure is it you know are they developing stuff for road cars of course and it's not not like indycar has amazing tv numbers or anything but imsa tv numbers outside of the rolex and maybe i don't know Petit Le Mans at the end of the year are not not good. You know, some of them are are just on Peacock only. More than just one is on on Peacock only. So, is it going to overtake IndyCar from a TV perspective? Probably not. So I just people people really flew off the rails this week with this one, and uh, that's fine if that's the approach you want to take, but. There's there's a hybrid component coming, which should be nice. A year after that, or a year after that, we should have chassis updates starting. I mean, we have the attenuator piece starting this year. So, listen, it's hard. You know, car stuff is super expensive right now if you have to buy a car or buy a used car. So, it only makes sense that it's affecting manufacturers with a new engine that was going to cost $5 million plus. Why would why would any that wouldn't make any sense for IndyCar to do that right now? So, go read Marshall Pruitt's article or Jack about, or Jack Benyon's. Thank you. I didn't know Jack wrote one. I'm sorry, Jack. Yeah, he put one out today. That was okay. also good on the okay. race. Yeah, listen, I got a new heart this week. You know, I'm I'm reading a little <laughs> slow. I can only can only read a couple things, but you know, they they describe why it's disappointing, but also why it makes sense. 
and then please step back from the ledge, stop screaming on the internet, and let's get ready for the 2023 season. I have one last thing I think I want to say about this, and that yeah. is that I know the people who probably listen to this podcast, because we know a lot of them, are the hardcore fans. Yeah. And so they're the ones who know what the engine is in the pack of an IndyCar, right? That have that knowledge that know of oh, this engine formula that we have right now has been running for years and they get excited about the new technology because that's something, you know, they're obsessed, right? These are the hardcores. For most people, the difference in what 0.2 liters in an engine like displacement, you know, a new engine update doesn't matter. It's about the on-track product. And as long as we have a good on-track product and we have like interesting personalities, I think personally, as long as the like manufacturers are willing to stay in and are committed, then an update in technology is a nice thing and something to get excited about for us, our little small niche group, yeah. but not for the rest of the world or the rest of people who casually watch IndyCar. Yeah, yeah, and... I mean, remember when we went to the Universal Aero Kit a couple of years ago and you know, some of the oval racing hasn't been great. You run the risk of if you spend five, six million dollars an engine per engine and then have bad racing on top of that, then you run a lot bigger risk than keeping with the same engine and innovating in a step by step basis. And maybe not innovating, but adding new things as the years go on here and maybe prices of things get a little bit under control going forward. So it's fine. The world is not ending. Yeah. And I'm sorry. IndyCar is prioritizing car count in this way. Basically this is that the reason why they're not moving forward with this is I, they could have right moved forward with the new engine formula, but yeah. basically Chevy and Honda said it's going to cost us this much money because we already spend more just because of, what COVID did to the world and still supply shortages and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And if we don't, you know, basically if we have to spend this more money, then we can't supply as many engines because we have a limited budget. So IndyCar, I think had to make a trade off and say, listen, our series is gaining cars. We don't want to kick them out. So let's just go with the same engine formula so we can keep this 27 cars instead of, I think I read that, Honda and Chevy only wanted to maybe supply 10 engines each. Right. It's a trade-off. Yeah, this this is a way that... Yeah. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. Fair enough. Well, everybody, if you're on the ledge, please get off the ledge. We will talk you through these difficult, dark winter months and get Mine's you ready that, for the 20... That Third Eye Blind song, isn't it? Uh, Jumper, right? I, I you know don't know Third about? Eye Blind that well, no. Okay, somebody out there will hopefully know it. Yeah, yeah, somebody else out there with with third eye blind in music enjoyment can can help you with that one. I only know that like semi charmed life, whatever that song is called. Oh, the one about doing meth. Sure, totally didn't didn't know that one either. Yeah, yeah that's Which one probably of those... yeah probably save that for for not a public podcast episode. <laughs> Everyone, you can look that up on the internet. Like it's it's yeah. public knowledge. I'm sure. Anyway. For those listening on Thursday, tune into the Bell Racing HQ Instagram and Facebook if you want to see me. I don't know why you would, but I'll be interviewing a number of Bell Helmet 
athletes over the next couple of days, Thursday and Friday. Some NHRA guys, sprint car guys, uh, Alex Rossi and Ben Peterson on Friday. Uh, maybe one or two getting added to my list, but go to the PLP Twitter if you want the full list. It's it's on there from Tuesday, I believe. So that'll be Thursday and Friday. So check it out if you want. If not, well, you're silly. So everybody have a lovely weekend of being cold. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.